Welcome to the Plexus Secondary Education School Leadership Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Teresa Price, founder and president of the National College Resource Foundation, whose mission is to curtail the high school dropout rate and increase degree and or certificate enrollment among underserved, underrepresented, at-risk, low-resource, homeless, and foster students. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome to the Plexus Secondary Leadership Podcast. I'm David Linnerberg, Vice President of Plexus, and I'm very pleased to have with us Dr. Teresa Price from the National College Resource Foundation today. Uh, welcome, Teresa. Welcome. I'm excited. How are you, Mr. David? I'm doing great. I know we talked earlier before we started that we've been working together for 12 years. Pretty amazing. Yes, at least. And, and the journeys we've taken and the things we've been involved in. And the oh, people, yes. And the watching people. you grow, watching <laughs> you grow, where, you know, it's just always, but it's always the same. It's like your line is growing, but it's always the same. In other words, you're just growing in what you're doing, but it's always the same. It's in serving others and serving students and diversity and all, all the good things, all positive. So. Just growing and now you're doing your own thing. And I'm <laughs> thank you. I know it's been a fun journey for sure. And having you be part of that, a huge part of it has been amazing to feel inspired, to feel connected. And just the one thing I love about working with you, Teresa, is your can, I mean, it sounds like cliche, but can do attitude. And it's true. You're like, we're going to do it and we are going to do it. You have an idea, you want to do it. That's one of the things I've always seen you do. <laughs> I know, I've drive so crazy. I have an idea, I'm going to put it in place. It's, that's right. But you have something. You know, it's like... That's right. An attitude is everything. I was feeding my brain this morning because we have to feed our brains with positive affirmations and positive words and positive right. atmospheres. And I was listening this morning to this thing that said, what is good health? You know, mm. what really good help and it, it really is attitude it's it's resting it's it's uh you know eating good it's you know it's it, the one thing that they said it's it's also resting and easily awakened you know? that's true good point you know, we just don't think about all the things that and i, I just had to take notes because i was just like this i need to make sure that i say it's not having no fatigue it's having a good appetite it's going to sleep and easily awaking, awakening easily. It's having a good memory, having good humor, having precision and thought and action, not being klutzy, being honest, humble, grateful, and loving. Your thoughts are so easy because your thoughts contribute to your ease, yeah. or your disease. That's true. You hear that? Your ease or your disease and you do this every day you get up you look every for some day. inspiration every day. And every day i have to I, I center myself around positive energy positive people it, yeah. it's so yeah i think i've been like this since i was little i would it literally makes me sick when i'm around negativity when i hear gossip when i hear people talking about other people when i hear ne it makes me really seriously have a stomach ache so it's like i have to be around positive spiritual energy people that are saying good things doing good things feeling good things and that doesn't always have to be like you're the best thing ever or this or that it's just yeah. 
smiling, simple things, smiling, asking you good morning. How are you doing today? That's just positive things. That is positive. Breeds positive. I, I agree. And what you've done with the National College Resource Foundation, and I remember when you changed the name because you became a resource foundation versus just one thing. I mean, that's where I see that positivity having that impact. Yeah, and I know yeah. you, you had an event this past Saturday that was right. well attended. Tell us about that. Oh, we had our ninth annual Latino College Expo. And I, mm. I sit there and I even sit on the mic while I was there. I was like, We're, it's a free celebration also to Hispanic Heritage Month. And I was mm. saying, you don't have to be of Hispanic descent or Latino descent to celebrate Hispanic History Month. We need to celebrate everyone's history month, every culture's history. We need to celebrate in the, the fact that there's a cultural enrichment for everyone and wherever you're from. So it's a celebration. Our ninth annual Latino College Expo is a celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. And we had over 4,000 bright-eyed and bushy-tailed individuals <laughs> just excited about life and opportunities and schools were accepting on the spot and we had schools giving away scholarships and we had um, the SWORD, which is the Army ROTC program that were interviewing right there on site for scholarships where you could either choose tuition or room and board. And it was like, well, I'm like, okay, but what do you have to do? Do you have to like commit yourself? They're like, no, you don't have to commit yourself. You just have right. to have a military science class. You know, so just the opportunities we had the booming careers panel. And I had CC the Mamacita from K-Day, 93.5 K-Day. I had Ashley Hernandez, the world-renowned journalist, award-winning journalist who handles all the associate production for CBS Morning News with CBS This Morning with Gail King. She was there. It just, I had also um, uh, Carolina, Carolina Marquez, who is the number one uh, DJ right now, air personality in, in the city of California, going with 93.9 LA's new Cali, 93.9 reggaeton station. And it was just, and then other individuals from yeah. engineers, the former students of ours that are now engineers running huge programs. It's just yes, it's amazing just to see all that. And the room was packed. When I say packed, thousand, that room held over a thousand people was packed any room only. Just listening to people about different fields. Yeah. And taking away inspiration, right? Taking, yeah, taking away that inspiration that we really do crave. We want to feel inspired. We want to see, hear the stories and, and take that and put it into place and even impact others. And the fact right. that you were able to get them there and have them share is huge. Obviously, these individuals care about their community tremendously to be able yes. to give back. Yes, yes. That You know what? That was the biggest thing, too, is that all of these personalities, they make a lot of money, you know, to, and to even come out, they like, they get paid for everything. And they just, from themselves, they were just like, we want to give back. We want to be a part. We want to inspire these young people. So it was just, you know, and the seminars were amazing. We had the 411 for the student athlete, how to start a business, how to find money for college, um, you know, uh, how to find scholarships. Nice. This is high school. That room, to see all those kids, and it was just recent college graduates and college students that were currently in college, just talking to them about 
the first gen students just to experience college versus high school, the difference. And it was just, you know, I, I want I just cried actually. I had tears in my eyes, just, just watching lives being changed in front of my eyes. Well, I think that's exactly what, you know, when we were chatting earlier about serving, engaging, and remembering it's not about us. Right. We, we want to be involved because we love people and we want to be engaged because we feel inspired by those that keep working so hard, right? I mean, right. that is a fact. When you look at these high school students who are talking to the military, talking to these colleges, what do you what do you hear from them and what are they telling you these days? You know, it, it's empowering them to believe that they could do it. You know, a lot of students say they didn't think they could do it. They didn't think they mm. could do scholarship. They were scared to write for, you know, we gave over, ooh, I think we gave over almost $20,000 away in scholarships just from National College Resources Foundation. Fantastic. Just to have, it, it was so funny because started just paying people for smiling. It was like, oh, you're smiling. Here's $2. Oh, you're smiling. $5. We were just giving money away. And then we had just, I just wanted people to be happy. So it was just, it was, it was a day of empowerment. And I think as you listen to people say, well, what do I need to do? I need to get a scholarship. I don't know how. I'm a first-gen student. I don't know the next step. I had a young lady that was in continuation school that was crying. She got accepted on the spot to a school. And she was just, they told her all her life she could never do or be anything. So for her to see that she could and to get an acceptance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. That's big. So... That's why I say, when you say, what do they say? They believe in themselves. They're inspired. They're energized. They're self-esteem. They have their chest up. They have their head up. They know they can do it because we're all born. Yeah. Same. You know, we're all born. We might have disabilities, whatever, but in general, God brought us all here as diamonds. Everybody has a gift. Everybody is brought here with a special gift. And it's just up to us to realize that that gift's in us. But everything is within us already. We just believe and do the work. We just have to believe. I so agree. That event and our events and our program, we're like the, the, the key to unlocking that door. That's really, I should say, imaginary key because it's already there. That's we're, true. It's a good point. Like, you know, it's an imaginary key because they feel like it's a door there or it's a ceiling there, but there isn't. The world is yours. Anybody can do and be whatever they want, regardless. You know, I think saying that, that one of the um, vice presidents at Cal State Monterey Bay, when I worked there, one of her dissertation things was on, when you show people the door, you it's not just opening it. You have to help them through it and on to the next steps. Because I know that I didn't be successful without a lot of help from a lot of people. An inspiration and mentors, right? Oh, and all yeah. these people around me, whether I took it in the moment they said it, or I remember 10 years later, right. ah, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. there's still things that my seventh grade history teacher taught me that I still use today professionally yeah. that are effective. Wow. Okay. Tell me some of that. I want to hear, say it. You know, say so he, he taught me how to outline and take notes and how to take information coming at me and put it down in an organized fashion. And I still use those techniques and they work. That's awesome. That is awesome. They work, right? So say his name right now so he'll know. <laughs> Mr. Didsbury. Everybody, <laughs> that's a if he's not here or whatever, at least his 
his yeah. um his legacy lives on. So say his name. Uh, Mr. Didsbury, funny guy. He was he was great. I love that guy. We appreciate he, he believed in people. You know, his one of the things I've done some research on is the number one influence in high school student success. The student success is teacher self-efficacy, right? So you could tell he believed in himself, mm-hmm. not because he was arrogant, but because he was confident. And he knew what he was doing and, and he taught the way he felt was best for the learners. Mm-hmm. And he understood that. He understood that kind of back and forth and that nature of it. And that's what I kept taking away. I'm like, you know, he doesn't yell at us for any weird reasons. He doesn't come out of left field with strange responses. He's incredibly consistent, but also incredibly smart. And that was one of those things I took away. I'm like, you know, what? there's something special about this guy. He's doing something right. That's good. He is one of them. 12 years old or 13, you got that, you know? Oh, yeah. That's why I say all of us have a responsibility to hear the impact. And it's that that's the impact that he had in you. We're all brought here to impact and add on. And, you know, add on to someone, add on to someone's life. How can you serve or help them? And that's just a perfect example of the impact. He, you know, and he impacted you. And now you're speaking of that 10-year look. 10 years later. I know. <laughs> so you're 27, right? Like Exactly. 10 years later. You're 22 now. But yeah, just the fact that you, you know, you say that. And and, and it, you're right. I, I had a teacher, Miss Pador, and I just, uh, actually, she was our, I was in forensics league. So I was in the mm. speaking contest. I was my sixth, believe it or not, you never know, but God, make we make our plans but God plans our steps and you can easily go back and look at your life and see when I look at what I'm doing now in terms of having this organization and companies and stuff it's like I was a sixth grade graduation speaker yeah ninth grade graduation speaker I was a 12th grade graduation speaker (laughs) and my oratorical I had a speech teacher I remember I used to travel because I was in a oratorical contest I think I did. I am somebody channel seven. That's when I was in. The, okay. Yeah, I did. I don't know if you remember that show, but you, you go back and you, I do remember it. that. And I still remember that. I am somebody. Oh yes. No, I'm <laughs> stand still. I'm an ego and I spread my wings. I mean, it's just like, that was, I was in, I was in great, I think. And I still remember. So you look and Miss Patter was my forensics league teacher and we would go around and compete and Miss, Laura Brown was my speech teacher. She taught me how to enunciate my words and oh, right, right, and gestures, and you know, because I was competing, and it's like you just never know all those things that you need in your soup when you're making that soup because God is preparing you for what He has for you. And that's true. Miss Patter was amazing, and I called, I Googled to call her. I just, I found her. Believe it or not, I called the number. The husband answered the phone and said, oh, my God, my wife, she has dementia right now. I'm just but I'm just saying he's just like so thankful that I called. Yeah. So I just, you know, she impacted my life. Miss Brown impacted my life. You go through and you think about, like you said, your teachers. Yeah. All the impacts, all the seasoning that you're given to bring you to what God has for you for what you should be doing in your impact. And what's sad is some of us don't even receive it and know that we're here on purpose and we have a purpose. We're here on purpose and we have a purpose. I think and that's when you realize that, 
everything flows. And I love what you do with your organization and the people and your team members who I've met. They might have changed in the past few years, but who believe in the same purpose that you have yeah. in mind for the kids because they've been there and they've seen it and they see what opportunity needs to be brought to the table so people can see it all the time. Guess what? Veronica Cumberfield is still with us. Diana Love is still with us. Uh, the, the senior leaders are still the senior leaders. <laughs> they love it, don't they? So it's, yeah, yeah. It's And you know what? You just said it, though. We all, we love the same taste. Yeah. You know, think yeah. about it. I like the taste. I love the same, <laughs> we love the same taste. And that's more than money. You can't buy it. You know, it, you can't buy that. So you, you're probably in touch with high schools, correct? Superintendents, oh, yeah, all those definitely. folks. What do you oh. what do you hear from them that their concerns or you know, just curious about what what chatters out there? Because you know, it's, it's hiring professionals and you know, high school, and you're involved in education and promoting it and making sure there's engagement. We always want to be in touch with those who are on the front lines doing it every day as well. Oh yeah. And what, what are you hearing? What are some of the things they're telling you about what the needs are and stuff? You know what? It it our kid COVID is. I feel like took us back ten more years. We were making, mm. like starting to just get on the road to great progress and things happening, and then bam, COVID hits. And now you have kids that are become introverted, yeah. and more introverted people that were extroverts have become introverts. Uh, socialization skills, being involved, not wanting to be a part of uh, suicide. Uh, uh, depression, anxiety, it's gone to more mental health. I think the focus is mental health. And you can just see it by just looking at the news. And, and that's at every level, whether they're, you know, young people, middle age, older. It's just COVID really took a lot out of everybody. And I feel like that is, um, that's kind of where the superintendents, you know, I work, I'm very uh, purposeful and very in tune at every level. I work with students. I work with three or four students already this morning. I work with students every day. I work with principals every day. I work with teachers every day. I work with superintendents every day. So presidents of colleges every day. Right. Right. For me to be on this mission to change the world or to make, what can I do to serve and be, to, to help life make it better? I have to be in tune with everything so that I can serve better. So I feel like mental health is the center right now of everything. Because that help, that spirals everything, that enhances everything, that springboards everything. Your mental health is the center of everything. Yeah, yeah. It's the way you do business, it's the way you go to school, it's the way you, it's everything. So when I think of, uh, that's what I think superintendents are trying to figure out is how do they get students back engaged? When you have, I've had a superintendent, a principal actually just call and say, I have a student they're on, they were on target to be our valedictorian. They're getting straight A pluses. And COVID, they just disconnected. Uh, yeah, they just, but it happened. It's happening a lot. It does. And it's heartbreaking. And the same thing. My son or daughter was doing, you know, was an a, a student. Now they're just, they're just, they don't care. So I think mental health, it's yeah. all mental health. You know, that's a, it's a really good point about the mental health uh, of the podcast we've done um, and worked with 
a couple interesting schools, uh, Newton North in uh, Massachusetts, Henry Turner, he actually wrote a really cool book, um, how to stop an anti, how to stop a racist culture at school. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Really wow. good. I'll have to send you an info on that, but Henry yeah, Turner's please, book, please. Innovate Public Education, you've probably heard of them. Uh, they're doing some, it's a nonprofit. They're doing amazing work around exactly what you're talking about by empowering parents mm -hmm. to go to the school districts yes, and help the school district give the parents what they need, you know? So these, what you're doing, what these organizations are doing, and they talk about the social emotional learning around that. And the universities that we work with are in the masters and the teachers programs, a big thrust is social emotional learning. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SEL, that's the new. You remember that? Okay. okay. Think about it, David. SEL wasn't a part of the conversation. It was PBIS. That's SEL right. Wasn't a part of the conversation two, three years ago. Not at all. That's it's true. Like SEL. Nope. Now it's like the center of everything. It's huge. Because mental health. Listen, let me give you some. According to National statistics, 2022 now, 40% yeah, yeah. of college students say they are too depressed to focus. More, that's almost 50%. More than 40% of college students, more than 60% report overwhelming anxiety. And then one out of the 10 scholarships have a plan for suicide. Now that, that, that's some crazy statistics. That is. Yeah, so, you know, we have- yeah. A, uh, one of our partners that said that they paid for a virtual psychologist for their two boys because COVID changed them and they wanted them to have someone that they could always reach out to so they can keep them mentally sound. Right. So, and a lot of times when people are suffering from mental health, you don't know it. They're thinking that the pos pop popular person who's the president of the class, the cheerleader, they're great but they're suffering inside. And that's why you're finding these people commit suicide, this, that, that, what's going on. So we have to make sure that we all, all of us open up our eyes, not just to the outside world, but to our own household. Yeah. Look at us and say, look, how are we feeling? What can we do for our, yourself to keep yourself whole? Because if you can't feed yourself to make yourself whole, you can't feed others. So you have to continuously, that's why I do what I talked about earlier, the positivity. Every morning I wake up, I try to think of something positive. And the other thing is, is we have to think of what are we grateful for? Yeah. yeah. Five things that, what are five things that, or you don't even have to be five, but what are you grateful for? Period. And I think those are the things that we have to talk about regardless of our age. What are we grateful for? So when you talk about superintendents and you talk about, you know, all the <laughs> individuals uh, from superintendents to administrators, to students, to parents, to faculty, you know, we have to all as much, they're all serving too. Think about That's right. it. That's right. Big servants. To make sure that they're whole. Yep. We have to make sure that we're whole because we have to give out to make sure that everybody else is too. You know, I think that's a really, really good point. And I've asked that question of many of the principals and superintendents and head of schools. We've done Christian schools and public schools, but like mostly a high school, because um, that's just the focus of this. And, and that's why it's so great talking to you is how do you take care of your faculty that are serving the students? Right. And then I ask them, how do you take care of yourself? Like you, who's your mentor? Who helps right. you? Because yes. 
I know that I'm very different because of people who've been in my life. A hundred percent. Those they come in contact with every day. And our and our kids, we need to do the hard work of mm-hmm. with the high school students to help them. And you know what? They're teenagers. They're going to come at us, right? They're going right. to come at us with whatever's on their mind. And we want them to be honest. We want them to be forthright. But how can we capture that and help them figure it out for themselves? Yeah. And you said you had a number of sessions in uh at your uh, was a latin expo yeah yeah latino college expo we did and I, I just wanted to say this make sure that we realize beyond the question and also beyond the words that's not said yeah remember what i said beyond the the questions and the cat the chaos oh he's he's too busy he's beyond the chaos right listen and also when it's nothing said because most of us and especially this generation We'll say most of us because older a little different the younger generation has a tendency to suffer in silence that's true they do not speak and then things happen and then it's like so make sure we're in tune um and and, and if we still really focus on serving others you'll 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 always be in a happy place you know what i mean don't worry about what you feel, why you're serving or what, you know, how they get on your nerves, all that. Forget all that. Just serve. And I guarantee you in the long run, it'll be a win-win. So as we move to what you just said about- Couldn't the- agree more. Couldn't yeah, agree. I was just thinking about, you know, we, we talked about social emotional learning and serving and getting out of yourself because it's a really, really good point. I know that my own kids, when they give back, they're much happier all the time when they oh, see yeah. that you know you know i've been out there at different expos and all this stuff and my kids used to love to be at the booth and be talking to mm-hmm. people that's but awesome and my oldest daughter she she would go up to congressmen running for congress and be like tell me why you're running for congress i want to know oh that's it. awesome and she's like 11 standing there asking him question after question i'm like and this is her which i was like of course i'm a proud father right so i'm going to be happy but right when i see her doing that i want that for every kid to be able to do that right to at least know that if they want to, they can. Some don't like to, and that's okay. But at right. least to know that these high school students and these students in that key place are critical to thinking that way about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Henry, I know I keep talking about Henry Turner, but he, he said something really cool. He said, you know, high school is that time is the last time when everyone is forced to be together, like literally forced until you, you know, get 18 and you're finished. And he's like, I want to make it a different environment for that forced togetherness mm-hmm. so that the teachers and the faculty and the students can really be some kind of different wholeness to them. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I know I'm talking a little bit and I'm kind of weaving around. No, 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 no. But that's that, that you are for, I was just really thinking about what you're saying. You're forced to be together because college is a choice or whatever you're going to after that is a choice, whether yeah. it's a certification program or Go to college, whatever you work at a job, whatever it is, it's whatever you choose to do. But that K through 12 is a four situation. And we're talking about high school. And that's that last, that's that last fourth, I guess, or that last phase of that situation. When people, the kids start to go, do I really want to do this? Do I have to get up every day? Right. Do do I need to study? You know what I mean? All those questions that come out, the, the friendships, the the teachers, the social pressures, the, the, you know, the social media pressures, the, all those things that do truly exist that I know we say this is all, 
um, old is I didn't have the same things, those different, those same pressures. I had different yeah. pressures than my right. parents. Right. But when you look at what you've done with the most recent expo surrounding those kind of things, what are some of the other things that you guys talked about in the sessions and at the expo? Well, you know, we do one that's really critical, I feel like. And if we just, you know what? We did it one time and it was so successful. It's like, oh my God, we got to keep doing it. And it's uh, college versus high school. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, it's a huge difference going from high school to college. I mean, first of all, you get to choose your, you know, I tell people right away, because nobody talks about this. If you're not a morning person, don't take a freaking morning class. <laughs> In college, you get to choose your classes. That's <laughs> so true. At 12 noon, if you want to get up late. I'm just like, but it's like they're talking about that and they're talking about even safety on campus and relationships and, you know, the social life and yeah. how to focus on your studies and how to study. They talk about everything in that session. And I think um, that's why it's so crucial. Kids want to know. That session is really like college, what is that? And even as an athlete, you know, because we work with a lot of student athletes, and then I come from athletic family, and I was athlete too. It's Absolutely. like the level of sports at the college level is like night and day. Yeah. It is literally night and day. It is a true job. You have no life, but if you're doing what you love, you don't care because you're doing what you love. But I tell people, if you really are thinking about playing at the next level, you better really be serious. Oh, yeah. And that's why, as you look at the the the, the yeah, number of people, you know, when you go from elementary, everybody makes the team to middle school, then you get chosen a little bit, but still, yeah, that's true. High school is even less, and then college is a slither, right? And Very small slither of the slither. So it's like we people need to know that you know, and I don't think you don't have a lot of a lot of first generation students. They don't they don't have anybody to go to or ask because they don't know. So we are. Our expos allow people to get an experience from people that are going through it like them, first-gen students, underserved, underrepresented, you know, whatever race. So it allows that. Then we do another one that's very popular, how to start a business. Oh, that's good. 2% of college students want to be business owners. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. But as you look at, look at COVID, what has come out of that? Look at all the businesses that have come out of COVID. Positive. You can look at all the businesses that have come out of COVID and it's just like, wow, right? So, and I really feel like that does so much for a community though. When you, you know, I know I'm going off in there, but when you think about inner city communities and if you think about the five subjects, which we focus on through our program as a whole, education, health and wellness, uh, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, and voting. Those make or break a community, any community, if bills, whatever, if you are in those areas. So we always try to deal with those five pillars in our, you know, there's always a register to vote, whatever you vote. I don't care what, I don't care which is part, <laughs> right. but the power that you have a voice is more, right. power. you have a voice, you have a choice, you have a voice. I'm not trying to rhyme, but it just sounds good. So, <laughs> so you just have to think about all that. Uh, and our expos are all of that, you know, it's the seminars, how to find money. You know, the number one thing is people can't think, don't think they can afford to go to school or don't think they can afford to elevate their life. And our expos show you all the things you can do that, you know, I remember when we first started our expos 23 years ago, 
the number one statistic was that there was over $1.5 million that was going unused for financial aid that was available to people, free money, but people either felt like they didn't deserve it or they started filling out the FAFSA and then they, something came back wrong so they didn't finish it. Or, and that's still to this day, you know, only 51%, this is a California statistic, only 51% of the 2021 people in California filled out the FAFSA. That's, that's seniors. So seniors. Isn't that crazy? I know. Fill out the basket. Fill out the And there's so many resources for money. They have the ceiling for financial. You know, a lot of the ceilings we just found out yesterday that I think it's Princeton. If you all, if you make $100,000 a year or less, if you get into Princeton, you can go for free. That's right. So many there's so many resources out there to help people elevate their life. So I want everybody listening to understand that you deserve it. Matter of fact, say you know, something good is going to happen to me today. Say that every day. So you deserve the opportunities that are out there. So go after them. There's so many different funds. There's so many scholarships. There's scholarships for left-handed people. There's scholarships for people that wear glasses like David have on those hot glasses today. <laughs> scholarships for that. No, for real. There's there are scholarships for everything. Everything's not need-based. You got the need-based. You got the merit-based, and then you have the uh, then you have the uh, need-blind. That scholarship, Princeton is need-blind. That means that if you meet the qualifications, you get to go for free. There's about 35, 40 colleges. If you meet the criteria to go, you get to go to free. Those are need-blind that people don't know about. So there's so many resources. It's so good to see that happening. Yeah, you taught, you shared. How many colleges are there in the world? 18,000. I think we talked about that in the world. You I mean, in, in the United States. Three or four years ago, you said there's over 18,000 colleges. That's right. In the world. Now look at, now just think about that. There's over 18,000 colleges in the world. Every college doesn't have one person. So just every college had a thousand people. Look at all those. Now, you know, there's colleges like Arizona that has a hundred thousand people. That are ridiculous. Yeah. Do, so people, do you understand what we're saying? How many opportunities there are? There you, and you've worked with colleges all over the U.S. And you know, in the Midwest and the Southeast, there, there, are five, there are schools with 500 to 1,000 students that are amazing places that have financial aid, that have athletics, that have a community that's incredible for these kids and has space for them. Yes, are yes. Really great places for right. these kids to right. be. And part of what you do with your foundation with this is, is help them see that it's okay if you move to Arkansas and go to an amazing school there. It's right. okay if you move to Georgia. Like these right. opportunities exist. And I remember being at Cal State LA and I would talk to the kids there. And I said, you know, when you get an interview out of state, you should go. Like, what do you mean? I don't ever want to leave. I'm like, it's not about leaving. Right. I said, I understand the fear. Number one, you don't have the job yet. So you can't say no. I would say, remember that you don't have the job yet. So don't say no to a job that you haven't right. offered. Go. And if you get the offer, then you have a decision to make. And, and I was trying to help them see that, look around you at what's on the table first to help yourself see that you can be there and have a choice, right? right. That that choice is there for you to make that choice. You don't have to check yourself out of anything. And 
but I also do understand there's that fear. There's that, you know, lack of, uh, a personal, like, Hey, I got this. Like you said, belief mm-hmm. that we want to keep giving our kids every single day. And when you mentioned the, the financial aid piece, one of the things which I love what your organization does is there's often that tipping point where students are on track to do something. And obviously the pandemic was a tipping point for all sorts of stuff, but smaller things in life that are hard for the teenagers in, in high school, you know, where they're just like, you know what? I have, I'm having a terrible day. Someone gave me a hard time. I'm never applying again. Right, I, right. You know what I mean? My dad is having a hard time at work. Forget right. it. I got to work to help support family. Forget it. You know, I mean, there's those things that just truly pull people away because it's just too much. Mm-hmm. And I love that your organization and what we do here at Plexus is to help them through that step of if something's in your way, we're going to come to you and help you through it. Right, right. Yeah, we're here. We're your friend. We're going to hold your hand. That's basically yeah. what you're saying. What Plexus is, what National College Resources is, we're going to hold your hand through that process so you're never alone. That's right. I think that's a lot of times people feel like they're on an island by themselves or they can't do it, but they need to know. And, you know, I just wanted to say this too, when you talk about going out of state, that is going to make you be so independent and so grow so much in, into your adulthood and learn how to explore. It's going to do so many things for you. Plus you got to know people from all over the world. That's right. What that school that came from all over. So you're going to just everywhere you travel, you're going to know somebody. So because you're going to might go home with them for Thanksgiving or Christmas or wherever, you know? So the other thing is, is that you are going to become so well-rounded and guess what? Think about it like this. Okay, say you go away. Have you ever thought about it? You go away in August. Mm-hmm. You come home for Thanksgiving. So September, October, November. So you, you're you gone in the middle of August, but you're back home two months later for Thanksgiving for a week. Okay, then you go back for three weeks. Then you come back home for Christmas for four, five, six weeks. <laughs> so, you know, you're really not. Then you come home and then you're here. And you go back, say January, whatever. And then you come back home for spring break, which is a little too much like, you know, six, eight weeks later, <laughs> you come home for a week and then you go back to school for a few more weeks and then you come home in May or June and you're home for the summer. So you're really only gone a few months out of the year. That's a good point. If you look, you know, so you're so go. Really good point. I encourage people to go away. I encourage you to go out of state because it's going to make you so fulfilled and well-rounded. My son right now is, and I know it's because he went away to school. I mean, he got fortunate. He got a full ride football scholarship, played a little pro, whatever. Nice. Fighter, and he travels, but he is in right now in Spain traveling by himself. And I think he would have never done that. I'm in, in this interview. I'm saying he would have never done that if, if he wouldn't have been exposed to going out of, going away to school. Yeah, good point. So I challenge you guys, as you're looking and watching, go out of state. It's a great thing. It's awesome. I I hate I didn't do it at the (laughs) And I stayed and stayed. I drove to school every day. And I'm like, man, I'm living through you guys now because that's an experience I cannot talk about. And I think that's the greatest experience of the world. And when you're on that campus, get involved in everything. Become a part of a group. Start a new bit, start a new organization. If you don't see it, start it. Get involved in student government. 
join the sorority or fraternity, get involved, go to the football games, the basketball games, the tennis game. That's get right. Involved. So I, I think say all of that. I, I mean, it's actually, this is a great way to wrap all this up. And there's no neat, tidy package. It's going to be funny. And the neat, tidy package is, you know, taking the risk to get involved no matter what age you are, but for the high school students and the college students is so key. And knowing that the risk really isn't a life and death decision, even though it can feel that way. It's just, you feel scared and it's okay to feel scared. Right. It's okay to move forward and to have, and to be fearful because we all have fears. Right. As much as you and I speak in front of people, I get nervous where I speak every single time. Right. I right. do I get nervous. But you stay like, in your truth, but stay in your truth. And the best thing a lot of times to say is to tell people when you start to speak. That's because right. I'm out here today to speak to you, but whoo, let me tell you, I'm nervous. <laughs> That's right. Because that just makes you feel, just stay in your truth of who you are. And then they're connecting with you. Like I would be nervous too, if I was you. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's really true. Yes. That's true. You know, we definitely have to do a part two to this. Yes. There's so much going on. Um, and you know, in a couple months, I'll give you a buzz back. We'll do it again because it's been. Well, look, let me tell you, we are headed to Detroit. We have our Black College Expo. Detroit, yeah, tell me. September twenty fourth. Okay. October first, we have New York. October eighth, we have Houston. October fifteenth, we have Dallas. October twenty eighth, we have our Steam Expo. October November fifth, we have Sacramento, no, uh, Seattle Black College Expo. September, I mean, November 12th, we have uh, Sacramento Black College Expo. And then the first of the year, we have San Diego, LA, Oakland, um, uh, Miami, North Carolina, Atlanta, Chicago. So we are super, super busy. Then we have our combine, our football combine and basketball showcases in April. We have a softball showcase that we're doing. So we are... Woo-woo! <laughs> You're ready for the year. That's now, Do you go to all those sites? Do you do them oh, all? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm there because I, I love the energy. I love the feel. I love to see people happy, and I'm here to serve. I mean, you know I'm Northern California now, so Oakland's right okay. over the hill. We'll so, make sure we look, come on and see you. And we, you know what? I'm going to be calling you because we're going to be all up in the Central Valley, too. So. And weren't you just up here for the presentation with the mayor of Oakland? Yeah, with the, war- yeah, with the Warriors. We have a partnership with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah always have partnered with Libby Schaaf here Oakland Mayor, my sister from Mother Mister. But yes, <laughs> working together and she's amazing. And I told her, I'm looking to see now, what is she doing? Because you know, this is her last term. So it's just really interesting. And I know both of the ones that are running for the new mayor. I know a lot of the people. I know a lot of the people in Oakland because Oakland um, is one of our we've been going there for whew, about 21 years, going on 21 years. Right. Oh, we have a lot, lot going on, excited to partner with the Warriors. And also, you know, we work with all the schools and colleges. Like we worked with you when you were at with Monterey Bay State. And as you're with Plexus, you know, we've talked about doing some things too. So I'm right, right now. So, hey, right. we're, we're going to keep together. doing more. Yes. I mean, as you've grown, you. we've grown and we have some, there's stuff we, we got to talk about offline too, but there's some really yes. neat stuff we're doing that. Um, would be fun to talk to you about. And of course, okay. the Warriors are champs, right? NBA. Yes. Can't yes. With that. Yes. Well, we're serving humbly together. So thank you again for having me on your show. You're welcome, Teresa. Great to have you. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for joining the Plexus High School Leadership Podcast Series. If you'd like more information on this podcast or Plexus, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.